Hey there, I'm Edwina Kennedy, registered pediatric dietitian and mom of two, and this is the My Little Eater podcast. Each week, I'll be dishing out all the best info on feeding and nutrition for your baby and toddler, answering all of your what do I do when scenarios, and helping you gain complete confidence in not only feeding your child, but in parenting as well. Every episode is filled with actionable and proven feeding strategies delivered by a mama and a feeding expert who's been there and done that. I hold your hand and take you step-by-step through all stages of feeding while showing you how to implement what I teach you so that you can raise a happy and healthy little eater of your own. Let's do this. Hey everybody, welcome back to the My Little Eater podcast. Today is a really special day because I have a really great topic for you and that's because this is a question that came from a mom who sent me a DM on Instagram and who uh, explained her situation pretty well, was pretty worried about her child and I thought, hey, this would make a really good podcast episode because I know a lot of people have you know talked about and asked questions like this before but also I think I can explain this in a way that will cover a few different angles, a few different points that a lot of us can take and use in our own situations and scenarios to help solve some of our toddler's picky eating problems. So here we go. I'm going to dive right into the question now. Hi there. I need your help. My two-year-old will not eat anything. We started baby led weaning at six months and she ate everything. And somehow now she's become the pickiest little toddler ever. She will eat three boiled eggs, egg whites only, and fruit for breakfast, half of an apple for lunch, and maybe eat dinner. When she does eat dinner, she will eat just two rice balls or a hot dog wiener or something like that and call it a day. Not even half of her required calories per day. She will no longer eat veggies and she asks for milk 24-7. If I don't give her milk or the specific food she wants, usually it's very unhealthy by the way, and then she will just cry and starve herself until she gets it. She will go an entire day without eating if I let her. Not sure how my toddler got like this, but I could use all the help I can get. It's like we're moving backwards. Usually toddlers don't like trying new foods, but she's literally rejecting good foods that she used to eat all the time. Okay. A lot to unpack here. I don't know if this resonates with any one of you, but let's get ready. Let's dive right in. So first of all, I just want to say that this parent's concern is super common. It is super scary when it's our job to help our kids grow, almost like our number one job, and we automatically feel like we're failing. I just want to put it out there that we're not. All we need to do is understand, first of all, what's developmentally normal, and what to you know expect and also what to freak out over some of these things actually I wouldn't freak out over and I'm going to talk about that in a little bit more detail but I want to start by saying that if you haven't listened to podcast episode number 13 it's called from baby to toddler changes to expect when feeding that is going to give you so much enlightenment on what is actually typical for toddlers and how you can actually get ahead of it so that you don't run into deep problems um, in the future. So if you haven't listened to that, please go and get some background info on all of that stuff because this mama says usually toddlers don't like trying new foods, but she's literally rejecting foods she used to eat all the time. And you're right. Usually toddlers don't like trying new foods, you know, in the sense that they go through a little bit more of a cautious phase But it's pretty normal actually for them to start rejecting foods that they used to eat all the time. That's developmentally appropriate for her to do these kinds of things. Now, 
obviously we need to tackle it. We need to know what to do. And this is the thing where things go wrong is usually just in how we're responding to these developmental changes. So we unfortunately can actually make things worse rather than better by, you know, letting it run its course and then things get better when we don't know what's normal. And of course, when we don't know what to do in response to these behaviors so that we're gently coaxing them out of it rather than pushing them further into it. And this is one of the things I see all the time. And it's why I do recommend my Feeding Toddlers online course for actual prevention of picky eating and, you know, really unwanted behaviors happening at mealtimes and all that stress that parents go through. And so I recommend the course for prevention just as much, if not even more, than actually waiting until a problem occurs and then having to deal with it. Because, again, there's a lot that we can do when we understand that feeding toddlers is actually different than feeding babies. So I want to just put that out there. Now, this mama mentions that she did baby led weaning with her little girl who used to eat everything, which is amazing. And I am sure that especially because of that this is now like adding to her fear now because it's such a big shift in her behavior and it's very common to see babies you know more readily accept foods than toddlers so they don't really know if you think about it babies don't know what's out there in terms of all the different food options besides what we give them so there's not really a lot to compete with plus they actually have this sweet spot between six to ten months of age where they're just kind of open to tasting and eating and where they develop this baseline affinity for foods. And that's why I recommend, you know, taking advantage of that and feeding them as many textures and flavors and giving them as much variety as possible in those early days. And I teach this inside of my baby-led feeding online course. And it definitely seems like I would assume this mama has done that, especially because she's done baby-led weaning where texture introduction is almost guaranteed to be varied. And, you know, seems like she gave her baby that perfect feeding environment to eat independently and she trusted her to eat the way she was meant to eat based on the fact that her baby did so well in those early stages. Now, what I challenge this mama to think about, though, is what might be happening now that her baby is a toddler. So we know that babies who have gone through baby-led weaning or even just through a really great varied feeding experience with purees have been given the trust and they've been given the independence to eat on their own. And that means there's less of a chance of turning picky later on compared to those who haven't really gotten this experience. But the key here is that you've got to keep up with these principles into toddlerhood. So many times we actually let go of the baby-led weaning principles or the responsive feeding principles that I teach inside of my BLF course, and we don't realize that we actually start to trust toddlers less and less now that they can eat on their own. So think about the fact that, you know, we're not really letting them listen to their hunger and fullness cues like we did when they were young babies, and likely we're paying so much more attention to what they're choosing at mealtime, um, we're hovering over them and we're concerning ourselves with basically what they eat from whatever we're serving. So instead of letting them lead the way, instead of letting them decide if they want to eat and how much they want to eat and eating at their own pace and eating the way they want, we actually start to push them to eat more or less than what they show they want. And we feel like we know best. All of a sudden, we don't trust our baby anymore to know how much they need. We all of a sudden know how much they should have, which is wrong, by the way. And we totally lose the premise of this response of feeding and feeding with no pressure. So it's like all of a sudden, again, 
we lose that trust and we lose those basic principles that actually contributed to such good eating in the beginning when they first started solids. So moms and dads, toddlers, I just want to let you know, toddlers are just as capable and just as skilled to know what they need now, just as they did when they were babies. So they know that, you know, their body actually doesn't need as many calories as they once did when they were babies, when their only job was to grow. And if we step back and we look at our toddler's behavior with curiosity instead of this like desire to want to change it, we can actually see that they're telling us a lot with their actions. So we need to start to train ourselves to look at, okay, let's say the small quantities that are eaten as them saying, hey mom, I'm just not growing at a fast rate right now. My body does not need as many calories as you think and definitely not as much as I used to need. Or maybe they're saying, hey mom, I'm not feeling up to par and I can't stomach food today. Or more likely, hey mom, I ate tons of calories two days ago. You probably forgot about that, but I did. And my body's now recalibrating what it needs and is adjusting for it. So I don't need as many calories today. So approach their eating behavior with actually a sense of curiosity. Like you're pulling information from it and just, you know, accepting it basically rather than trying to fix it or change it or assume that it's not good. Remember the division of responsibility that I always refer to if this is the first time you're listening to my podcast or following any of my content. I really want you to go back and also listen to that episode on the division of responsibility. It's called The One Rule That Will Change Feeding Forever. That's the episode title, I believe, but I'll link it in the show notes. And that rule, this theory that I live and breathe by is that we as parents choose what to serve, when to serve it, and where to serve it. And they, our kids, are going to choose if they want to eat and how much they want to eat from what we've offered them, okay? So that, when you follow this, that's how you implement responsive feeding in toddlerhood. That's how you can actually rest assured that they're growing at the right pace, they're eating what they need, and you've got this really trusting relationship happening and you're going to see actually their eating get better. So mom, we need you to get back to trusting your baby it's a lot of it's that mindset, that piece that we have to work on um, around our fear, around what's healthy and if they're growing, are they eating enough? And just know that the pressure that is likely being detected by your toddler to eat differently than how she already is can actually be contributing to more picky eating. So just let go. Okay, now I know that it's a lot easier for you to do this when you actually know the truth about how many calories a toddler needs in a day on average. And when you know how much of each type of food group as well that they need per day and how many grams of a given nutrient they need. And I will tell you, we're really good at overestimating their needs. And then we freak out, of course, when they don't meet this made up criteria in our heads. So as graduates of my Feeding Toddlers online course know, and they actually see inside my course, that the amount of food that they actually need is almost always way off from what they thought. And inside the course, I actually walk you through in detail and show you photos of what a full day in toddlers meals and snacks looks like so you can see for yourself the reality. So toddlers need 1,000 to 1,200 calories a day, but just a caveat here, it really depends on their age, on their weight, on their sex, on their physical activity, all that stuff. And also, it's an average amount of calories, so it's not like every single day they have to hit that. Really, I like to look at it over a span of a week. Are they getting on average about 1,000 to 1,200 calories a day? Then, you know what, I feel like they're, they're doing good. And again, you look at so many other criteria for growth and 
and health indicators and things like that. But when I look at your toddler, so they're eating or she's eating three egg whites, which is about 200 calories. And by the way, that surpasses all of her protein needs in a day just from that. And she's also eating fruit, which I'll assume is at least 100 calories worth of fruit. And then let's say at lunch, she's eating half of an apple. Yes, that's small. We're going to assume that's about 50 calories plus maybe supper, which when she eats it is likely around 200 to 300 calories. So looking at this, this mom might say, yeah, like, see, I told you, it's only 500 to 600 calories a day at best. But we can't forget about the milk. And from the way that this mom writes about her toddler's need for milk and her constant asking for it, coupled with her fear that she's not eating enough, I'm willing to bet that milk is actually taking up a lot of precious space in her toddler's belly that's reducing her appetite for food. So if her toddler's getting the max recommended amount of milk per day, which is, by the way, 16 ounces a day, she'd be getting another 300 calories or so in which puts her up at that 900 to 1,000 calories per day that she needs. Again, this is on average, so some days she could have a little less, some days she might have a little more, but that's the average for the week. Plus, again, she's well surpassed her needs for protein, for fat, for calcium, just from the milk alone. So literally imagine she ate nothing else in that day and she had a couple glasses of milk. She'd be fine in, in all those realms anyway. And I want you to know, it's not that milk is a bad thing, but even without putting a bite of meat into her or eating anything else for the day, she's gotten what she's need from, you know, all those major nutrients. So obviously that's not a bad thing. But what is a bad thing is if the amount of milk she's offered surpasses the 16 ounces a day, because now she has no room for other foods that offer a variety of other nutrients, and because she's going to be full off of milk, then obviously she's not going to get to experience eating those other foods. She's not going to build her competence with them. She's not going to ultimately expand her diet or even just come to the table wanting to sit there because she's already full. So that's why it's so important to look at this and really take into consideration when looking at what could be contributing to her quote-unquote picky eating. And my bet is that this is a huge factor. So my tip here is limit your milk or their toddler's milk consumption to 16 ounces a day or even less if you still find that it's really affecting appetite and offer it only at select meals and snacks and offer water only in between those meals and snacks and at those other meals where milk isn't offered. Okay, now this mom is again afraid, I know, that she will also starve herself if she doesn't give her the milk that she wants or the food that she asks for. Now, I sense this means that perhaps she isn't offering food, at least not all the time, on a firm schedule and maybe giving in to snacks here and there outside of schedule times and from food options outside of what she wants to provide her child, probably because of fear that you know her child needs the calories, she's asking for food, so I'm not going to pass up on this opportunity to let her eat, so I'm going to give her food, again, outside of my regular snack and meal time. But again, this could be harmful and I want you to listen to my podcast episode on feeding schedules so that you can see how this can make matters worse with picky eating. Also, your toddler is meant to test boundaries at this age. Yay, how fun. But when she senses that clear roles and boundaries are not in place for you being in charge of what to serve and she's in charge of if... So again, see the division of responsibility, listen to that episode if you want more info on that, then your toddler is going to question what the rules really are. So if you're secure in your role as a parent and you're confident in your ability to set guidelines around feeding, to do what's best for her, to keep her safe, 
then she's not going to need to test them to find out where do those boundaries sit or do they even exist. As Janet Lansbury says, when boundaries work, children don't need to test them as often. So then they can trust their parents and caregivers and therefore the world. They feel freer and calmer and they can focus on the important things like play, learning, socializing, and being happy-go-lucky kids and feeding. I'm going to add that right in because I promise you that Boundaries, when they're set in place, feeding can get better. So if you're firm and confident in the fact that food is offered when you choose for it to be offered based on, you know, your predetermined and your fair feeding schedule that allows her to build up an appetite for meals without going hungry. And if you're choosing what food to offer her and you're choosing where to offer it, which is ideally seated at the table so there's no mindless eating happening, and you truly, truly let her just take over the rest and she sees that, okay, mom's not going to pressure me to eat more or less or differently than how she wants me to, then you can bet your bottom dollar that she will start to trust that, hey, mom's got boundaries in place. She knows what she's doing. She's totally handling her side of the equation while letting me handle my side. So mealtimes are going to be less stressful and she's going to have a better appetite. And she's going to think, I don't have to worry about what, when, and where I get food. I don't have to ask for snacks randomly. I don't have to come to the table full and then have to deal with this whole kerfuffle, (laughs) this whole argument at the table because I just don't feel like eating. I can just focus on listening to my body, continuing to do the great job I've done since birth with regulating my appetite, eating what I need, and trusting my mom to do the rest. So I hope that this all kind of answers your question. And I hope that this gives everybody else some clarity, a little bit of insight. Of course, it's not going to be perfect advice for every single situation, but I think it's probably going to be safe to say that you can pull lots of good info from this and apply it to your own situation if you find that you're struggling with any parts of these. So if you have a podcast topic request or a question like this that you want to ask, that you want me to answer on the podcast, please submit it to me. I will definitely rotate it through my podcast episode topics and you can find the link for submitting a request or submitting a question in the show notes and that's pretty much it so i hope you all found this useful enjoyed it if you don't mind could you please subscribe rate and review this podcast it means the world to me thanks everybody have a wonderful week and i will talk to you next week